Hello there, my name is B. Bonner, and you're listening to Community Voices right here on NPR Illinois. And today I am talking to Dr. Jamarco Clark, Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs at the University of Illinois Springfield. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, anytime. Well, starting off here on Community Voices, we really like to get to know the person and where they're from. So why don't you tell us where you're from? And I know it's not Central Illinois, so <laughs> go ahead and tell us where you're from. Absolutely. Originally from Pensacola, Florida. So the panhandle of Florida. A lot of people try to say it's Alabama, but I, I make sure they know it, it is Florida. Grew up there and went to college in Iowa, and so that's what brought me to the Midwest. Played football at Iowa Wesleyan College, and then from there I thought I was going to be a school teacher, so I went to school. I was studying to be a school teacher, and decided I didn't want to be in the classroom. And from there, I was very active on campus, student body president, captain of the football team, admissions ambassador, and then I was like, you know what? I'd like to work at a college. Coming in, didn't realize that you could do that, and that kind of jump started my career in higher education. First job out of college was an admission counselor and really enjoyed that, really enjoyed being able to recruit students and get them to the college arena as well. Part of that was an opportunity to show students that, hey, we don't have to be a product of our environment. We can get mm-hmm. out and go on and do good things. And, and that kind of started the journey. I worked at schools mostly in Iowa. So I worked at Coe College, Mount Mercy University, Indian Hills Community College, and the University of Iowa. And then I spent one year at Truman State University in Kirksville, Missouri, most recently coming here from the University of Iowa. Well, that's amazing. And one thing that really interested me about you is that you're still so young and you have accomplished so much, especially getting a PhD. That's really unheard of, especially in our community, the black community. I feel like a lot of us struggle to reach those higher education goals. So can you talk about that journey a little bit? What made you say, I need to go back and get a PhD? Absolutely. I think part of it was knowing where I wanted to go and who I wanted to be. And I knew that as a first generation college student, it wasn't going to be easy, but I was was really determined. So I think it it was a mindset to to reach that that goal and, and part of it was also that if I didn't go straight through and get it done it wasn't going to happen so yes. I've got a, about four year gaps between my bachelor's degree and my master's degree and then a four year gap between that and my doctoral degree it was really again it was about just having the grit to, to get after it again I, I decided my junior year of college that didn't want to be a teacher would like to work towards being a college president someday and so I wanted to make sure that I had all the education that I needed to be able to make that happen to your point, yep, very young in the role, and, and so I, I tell people every day, I'm living a dream, I'm, I'm doing a job that mm-hmm. I thought I'd be 40 when I was doing it, I'm, yeah. I'm blessed to be 30 when I was named to the role, and so what that means though is that I've still got a lot to learn, and, and I'm willing to learn, and so although my formal education is done, there's still a lot more to do, and when it comes to looking at you just continuing that education, I'm, I'm always trying to read, always trying to find those opportunities to sharpen the, the skills that I have. I think the other part is that understand that the imposter syndrome is real. Yes. It's really, and, and I think, I don't, I wouldn't say that I battle it every day, but at times I, I catch myself thinking like, am I supposed to be here? You know, am, am I the person for this? And, and I remind myself that I am. I think we are where we are for a reason and we end up where we are. Mm-hmm. And part of that is it really only takes one life to be impacted to know that that you're doing that now the goal for me is to impact many more than one so i think to your point people people are watching they're yeah. always watching and my message is clear like if you can believe it you can achieve it and and it's kind of cliche but but that's really what it's about like i envisioned this i'm, I'm living a dream right now I'm, I'm doing a job that i always wanted to do so if you can believe it can achieve it write it down too that's one of the things i cannot stress enough i think you've got to manifest it like write it down and that's been my journey i had this like crazy really bold plan where it was in 2017 it was like a 30-year career goal and i kind of mapped out what i wanted to be doing when or, or what age i wanted to be doing it by until so even my doctoral 
board agree. I was like, let's have that done by 32. Mm-hmm. And I was done at 30 as well. This job, let's be a, a vice chancellor, a vice president by 40. Got them by 30. So it's one of those deals now where I've got to go reevaluate. I got to go yeah. look at that again. I get that question a lot. Well, you've got this done. What are you going to do next? And the other part, just going back to this, this advice of, of reaching those high heights at a, at a younger age is be where your feet are. I'm not really thinking about what's next. I want to be the best that I can be in the role that I'm in. And, and part of that, it's all about how do I make sure I'm impacting our student body, our community uh, in the best way possible. So. so true. So true. And so when you're talking about your journey, you're talking about writing things down and manifesting. Did you do that in process to come to UIS? What led you here? Absolutely. So the story for me getting the U.S. is, is one that it's going to be longer than what we have in this episode, <laughs> but it's really rooted in never be afraid to, to be the only one. So I had an opportunity to go to a conference and I was the only one from my institution that went to that conference. And long story short, I met people who I did not know. They saw something in me that they shared my name with the recruiting firm and that kind of sprung it. And even with them sharing my name, there was still a process for me to go through. So I went through the process, but I wasn't afraid to go to that conference by myself. I wasn't afraid to be myself at that conference in a room where I was more than likely the youngest person in the room. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was all about how do I become a better assistant dean of students? That was my role at the University of Iowa. And I wanted to sharpen those skills, but happened to just be who I was. I showed up who I was. I was was unapologetically myself. And that led from one thing to another. And the opportunity was was presented and I thought it was was a great one to take. It's been a blessing, absolute blessing so far. And I look forward to the work that, that we'll continue to do. So that just speaks to you have to show up. There have been many times in my life where I may have been the only one in the room, whether it's age, race, gender, whatever it is, and you just can't be scared to take those opportunities. So I think that's so smart what you said about that. So after you were presented with the opportunity, you got here. How are you liking UIS so far? What was your first day like? Yeah, my first day was, it was surreal. It's like, again, it's, is this for me? I think that's going to be the theme. And, and maybe, I don't know if you titled these, but is this for me? And, and the answer is, yes, it is. You know, we're here for a reason, but it was quite the day. You know, it was June 12th. We'll never forget the day. Pulling up, seeing that there's a parking spot for the vice chancellor. That was really cool. <laughs> then walking to the office. Had had been here in town a couple of weeks, just getting, getting acclimated. But it was one of those deals where like, all right, you've got a tall task before you. So now what are you going to do? It's been quite the journey so far. It's been busy, but it's been extremely rewarding. I'm learning a lot, able to do a lot. What, I, what I've told people is that in year one, it's all about just seeing where we need to go, mm-hmm. asking the right questions, making some changes, but very small ones. Don't want to come in, making sweeping changes. And then year two, I think that's when our progress will really be begin to be seen. And I look forward to that. I'm excited. We're in the process of assembling a really good team, getting some folks in place. We've got a great staff already, but there were some pieces that we needed to add that, that we're in the process of doing and working on some strategic alignment for the division. And that's what we need to get to to make sure our students are having the best experience possible in the classroom, on campus, and just that holistic experience is there. That is awesome. And we're going to talk more about what you're doing within student affairs. But if you're just now tuning in, you are listening to Community Voices on NPR Illinois. And this is B. Bonner, co-host and editor. And today we're talking to Dr. Jamarco Clark, Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs at UIS. So again, thank you for joining me. But you started talking about your journey here at UIS with student affairs. And when I tell y'all, it's a lot, it's a lot. From Greek life to athletics to career development center to 
There's so much, y'all. I can't even talk about it all. So I'm going to ask Dr. J to tell us what all you're responsible for as the vice chancellor for student affairs. Absolutely. So the way I explain it when I'm talking to someone who doesn't understand the, the infrastructure, I usually say it, it's a lot of the things outside of the classroom for the students. But then it gets even more finite than that. And so basically my role, I'm responsible for all the things that you mentioned. So I may miss something, but I'm going to rattle some of them off. So athletics, residence life, our student union, Greek life, our student counseling services, student health services, our dean of students offices in my portfolio, our volunteer center. I think I said student life already, mm-hmm. but I'll say it again. There's a lot of them. I think in total, we've got about 19 areas. Ooh, uh, that, that's that's why he's so busy, y'all. Yeah, that, that keeps us busy. <laughs> Thankfully, though, you know, I don't have direct oversight of all of the 19 areas. I've got a staff who have different functional areas that they're responsible for. But it's certainly, it's a large portfolio. We are tasked with making sure that we're taking care of our students outside of the classroom. So we're helping them you know, be engaged on campus. We're helping them find their people on campus. We're helping them find the places that they want to go and who they want to be. And as I mentioned earlier, like my journey is my journey. Every single student has their own journey. Mm -hmm. And so we try to help them figure out what that journey is. And so when we're talking about student affairs, how does this department influence a student's journey through college? Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the first piece is like for me, the reason that I even got into higher education was because the, the woman who was the orientation director I just loved like what she was doing mm-hmm. and being a first generation college student I didn't know it was an option so you catch a lot of students who I think yourself as an example right you're in a different realm of higher education being a part of the radio station but and on college campuses you catch a lot of students who come to school thinking they're going to be a nurse a doctor a teacher a science whatever it may be and they fall in love with student affairs. Yeah. It kind of starts in the residence hall. So a lot of them will start as RAs or they'll start as a, a leader of a student organization. And then that captures them a lot. That was my experience. So I think the the role that we have to play or that we play is that a lot of it, it's life counseling, it's the career counseling. It's, it's sometimes it's, it's hard conversations. It's tough conversations. It's teaching them how to grow up and how to become who they're becoming. When I went to college at Iowa Wesleyan, like, that's where I became a man. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to college as a boy and, and left as a man because usually you're not under you know the guidance of your parents and you really have to get out there and figure it out. But we've got a, a whole group of folks on campus, that student affairs staff and faculty as well, who are there to support you and make sure you're you're keeping it steady, keeping it in, in the road and doing the things you need to be doing. Oh, when you said hard and tough conversations, it it brought back some memories to my mind. And I I talk about Dr. Ford a lot, the previous vice chancellor for student affairs. And she was such a big influence on my life. And I don't think a lot of people realize how much of an impact this person has on the students on campus. So have you gotten to do that for students yet? Really get to know them and have that one-on-one interaction yet? Absolutely. I first want to say I've heard a lot of great things about Dr. Ford. So it's 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 an honor to be able to follow her footsteps in this role. I have begun to create those relationships. I think part of it is is getting to know the student body more and that's something that working to do that daily. And there's certain pockets where I begin to know like spend a lot of time with athletics, so begin to know those. I'm an alpha, so I spend a lot of time in the Greek life Shout space. Shout out to so, the D9. Yeah, D9, <laughs> 06 of the good bros. But I certainly that's what you aspire for, right? To be able to make those impacts, to be able to have those relationships. I've had that at previous institutions and certainly look to make that mark here as well. Can you talk about maybe some of the other struggles that you've seen students face that you would help with? Student mental health. That's mm. something that, it, it's a pandemic in itself. It's a pandemic epidemic. It's, it's all around, and every college campus is, is experiencing it. When I was at the University of Iowa, my boss would talk about a lot that not every mental health situation requires counseling. Mm-hmm. And so 
thankfully, you know, we have a great counseling center, uh, but we also have other people who get to talk to students and counsel them. I think a lot of times when students are experiencing issues that may be mental health related, there's a stigma associated with it. Mm -hmm. And so I think we've got this responsibility to, to talk about it, to normalize it, have the conversations, talk with people. I talk to a lot of students, but specifically male students about the power of vulnerability. And I think with that, a lot of males are taught that you don't show emotions, you got to keep it together. And I'm like, no, it's okay to not be okay. And I think that's something that we've got to continue to push that with students. I think some of the other things that, that students might interact with or, or struggle with that we're able to help, help with is basic needs. They've got to have that to be able to function. They've got to have that to be able to be do well in, in the classroom. So we want to do everything we can to try to assist and support in those areas. And that's the most important part. And then also you said something so powerful about working with the males and the men on campus because, well, you probably do realize, but having a black man in this position to influence so many others is so powerful. How does that feel? Do you think about that from time to time? That, And I know it may be a lot on your shoulders because sometimes it can be a lot to be the first of or to be this representative basically on campus. So how does that feel? I think it's one of those deals where I embrace that fully. Mm -hmm. I I never had a black leader in student affairs at any of my institutions. I had a black football coach and, and that was great. But for me, what I think about a lot with this is that the agency that I have as the vice chancellor for student affairs, like it's not for me, it's for my students. I've, I've got a role, I've got a job to do. And the best part of this though, is that being a black man, being the vice chancellor, being 31, like for me, the most important thing for the students to know is that I'm still human. Yes. Right. And I've, I've still got a life outside of this. And I understand that you're human and humans make mistakes. And so that's always is a, a great opportunity whenever I'm sitting and talking with a student who you know things may not be going as best as they could be we're able to redirect and, and really reframe and reshape how they're thinking because failure it, it's not always bad failure is probably one of the greatest launching points because it's really about how are you going to react from that failure so for me I, I try to talk to people about that like for I, I grew up in a really rough community and I mentioned earlier like when I recruited I, I didn't mention where I recruited at but my first job out of college I recruited in Chicago and I recruited Chicago public schools and I grew up in a place that similarities to Chicago and so for me it was really important and unique that I was able to talk to students about hey we don't have to be a product of our environment because for a long time I was I was a product of my environment and then 15 years later I'm doing something again that I didn't think I would be doing until maybe 25 years later 30 years later so it's one of those deals where, again, it's, is it for me? Yeah, it's for you. And, and one of the things that I talk about a lot when I'm having leadership conversations with people is that it really boils down to the simple question. Someone has to do it. Why not me? Absolutely, absolutely. We are running out of time here. These conversations go so fast, and it's like, I want to keep asking questions because I think it's important, but such important work, and I just want to take the time to give you your flowers and just say we are so proud to have you here and so grateful to have you on this campus. So, again, thank you for that. And I know people are like, okay, we'll be, you didn't ask him about what it does outside of work, what it likes to do, so I'm going to get to that, y'all. Give me a second. So I know that you are a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, Anything else you do outside of UIS? What do you like to do for fun? Yeah, absolutely. I love to travel. I travel a lot. Any opportunity I get to travel, I do. I, I also uh, love sports, so checking out sporting events. Big cooker as well. I, I call myself a hobby chef, but <laughs> I cook a lot. I do competition barbecue, so always wow. barbecuing. I've only had one competition, but we're always working on the product. So that, Wait, you going to come back and bring some ribs? I'll bring so some ribs something? over. Absolutely, <laughs> okay. I'll bring some ribs over. But yeah, th those are really the things I really just try to 
find time with the time that I do have to take that those opportunities for myself. And that's usually just relaxing and yeah, just kicking back, doing those things and kind of going from there. So. Well, this has been such a fun conversation. And I think you've given us some gems to think about, especially in the role that you're in and the impact that you're going to have on this campus. So again, thank you, Dr. Jamarco Clark, Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs for joining me today. Is there any place we can keep up with you and learn about what you have going on? Absolutely. On Instagram, I've got Prairie Star VCSA, and that's Prairie Star VCSA on X. I was going to say Twitter on X, formerly known as Twitter. You can follow me at Jamarco Clark. And then for any students who may be listening or community members in general, we have open office hours every Tuesday afternoon in Founders Residence Hall, 171 where my office is. So feel free to stop by. That's at 4 p.m. every Tuesday. Awesome, awesome. And again, thank you for being here. Is there anything else you'd like to add or a note you'd like to leave us on? Yeah, I would say that the thing that I would, would leave you with is that question that I said a lot. Is this for me? And, and the answer is yes. I think you're where you need to be for a reason. And again, somebody's got to do it. Why don't you? To listen to past Community Voices interviews, visit nprillinois.org.